last uh, topic here in this conversation. I mean, we can talk forever here. So, and I am sure <laughs> you guys don't worry. I'm going to have Ray back here on the channel on boats. So don't you worry when he has time, he'll, he'll be back here with us. So, uh, Ray, I want to get your feedback or your, your inputs rather, not a feedback, but rather your insights as one who spent a lot of time regarding the Soviet Union back then and so forth regarding the Ukraine conflict. Uh, I got a word that the CIA director is going to be heading out to Ukraine. The Secretary of Defense was in Ukraine about a week and a half ago. Are all these a sign to bid farewell to the President comedian Zelensky because <laughs> Ukraine is a failed state? Or, or how do you interpret that? Well, David, if you believe uh, Joe Biden, the President of the United States, uh, Russia has already lost, right? Oh. Now, um, I, I like to refer to that faux pas that uh, Annalena, what's her name? Burbank uh, of Germany. Yeah, I, remember, Germany. I remember that, right? It, it, it's not so. It's a, it's 360 degrees <laughs> different. I remember. <laughs> it was Fireball. crazy to hear that from an official like that and, at that capacity. And she got an A in geometry. <laughs> <laughs> Anyhow, David, it's 180 degrees Degree. away from what Biden <laughs> said two months ago, okay? So here's Austin. What did he say three months ago before mm -hmm. Congress? We've given Ukraine 90% of what they need to prevail. We're very hopeful that this counteroffensive is going to work for them, okay? And we're just going to stick with Ukraine for as long as it takes, takes. Okay. Well, now, so that was Austin three, four months ago. Now it's a different story. Now he knows that it's 180 degrees, not 360 degrees. He's, he's in Kiev last week. And he says, sorry, guys. Uh, but we did give you 90% of what you, I mean, we gave Zelushny, the head of your armed forces, 100% of, I mean, 80, he listed yeah. it and we gave one of the, I just still lost. I know we encouraged you. I know you were reluctant. Mm -hmm. I know, well, anyhow, you lost, right? So what yeah. are you going to do now? <laughs> Congress not going to give us any more money? Uh, we don't have any 155 millimeter shells for your, tanks or your artillery. I mean, we had some, we were going to earmark them for you, but uh, on Congress said, no, give them to Israel instead. So we mm. don't even have those. Um, so, you know, uh, you better learn to fish and cut bait. You got to learn how to, when to hold them and when to fold them, as we used to say. Yeah. And it's folding time now because you can do what you want. You can pretend, as Zelensky still is, that you're in this fight to the end. Well, the end is next month, guys. You realize that? And we're not going to come in and backfill you. Those Russians can go all the way to the Dnieper River, as you know, but they're going to do attrition, attrition, attrition for a while. So it's going to be when you decide you've been attrited enough and you stop recruiting 17-year-olds and people almost as old as McGovern here and women into your armed forces, you got to face reality. Now, uh, Zolushini is less delusional 
than Zelensky, right? So what's going to happen? Well, it seems to me that Zelensky has feathered his bed. He's got a villa in Tuscany, I'm told, maybe a couple others. You know, it's time for him <laughs> to do what the, what the head of Afghanistan did a couple of years ago, load up that plane with as much cash as you can and get yeah. the hell out of Dodge, right? Yeah. That, I think, is inevitable. The sooner the better in terms of what 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 happens to the Ukrainians that are still trying to man those defenses. Uh, you know, what's really interesting here is that the Ukrainians could have had a deal. Nah, I'm wrong. The, Iranian, the Ukrainians did have a deal at the end of March 2002. Yes. We, we prevented and, the Ray from moving forward. We prevented the Minsk Accords from that moving forward. And yes. not only that, but Angela Merkel, Chancellor of Germany, bragged about it December 2022. <laughs> yeah, the Minsk thing. Well, there that was just a little stratagem to give the Ukrainians time to build up their armed forces. Look at them now. Six, seven years ago, they went, look at them. And then... Uh, Francois Hollande, yeah. the other guarantor of this thing, said, oh, yeah, well, Angela is right. It was just a matter of giving Ukraine time to arm up with NATO standards. So the worst thing, though, <laughs> we know now that um, Gerhard Schröder from Germany, Germany was also asked to play this middleman wrote. Uh, a fellow named Bennett, who had been Israeli prime minister, also attests to the fact that the deal was reached. What happened? The Russians invaded on the 24th of uh, February, February, 2022, immediately said, look, let's talk about this. Let's, you know, did they invade with enough forces to take over Ukraine? No, 90,000 is barely enough to move toward Kiev to frighten them. Did they frighten them? They frightened the hell out of them. Zelensky says, let's talk. They got together in Minsk, in Belarus at first. Mm -hmm. And well, the, the, the talks led to Istanbul, Turkey. And by the 29th and the 30th of March, a deal had been initialed. Ukraine would not join NATO. Ukraine would be neutral. That was the base. There were lots of codicils uh, where yeah. you could deploy forces. The whole thing was reached. <laughs> now, what's, why do I rehearse all this? Because just this week, two days ago, the head Ukrainian negotiator, <laughs> mm. who's part of Zelensky's power, uh, party, who's part of a big wheeled part in the Ukrainian problem, he says, well, that's right. That's what we had. We had this deal, and I was to negotiate. I, my initials are on that thing, and you know we probably should have taken it. Well, yeah, we yeah. could have saved five hundred thousand young Ukrainian men right. from from death and, and and destruction and the whole business. The only people profiteering from this are the Mickey Mat, the people who make and sell the arms and mm -hmm. will be in business now for quite some time. And including the agro business, I mean the black earth there in Ukraine. I've been there. I've done that. I've, I've dug dug a trowel in that black earth. You won't believe how fertile that is. Okay, and yeah. uh, the agro business, Monsanto and the others are in there big time. So it's it's really the whole thing just smells to high heaven. And uh, 
And what I want to make is the point that this need not have happened. And who's responsible for this? The Blinkens and the Bidens and the Sullivans that still think that we can work our will on all this stuff and the Russians can take a beating from us, sanctions and so forth. Nothing could be farther from the truth. And the sooner they realize that, the better for everyone concerned. They are amateurs, Ray. That's what I call them. So I have nothing against them, but I call a spade a spade. If you are not qualified for the position, because they're lacking the depth in understanding how geopolitics is, how international relations are. I mean, you go back into the 70s. You've been around long enough to know, Ray, that uh, we asked the question, had we sat down with the Soviets back then and the Chinese together, we will have a different outcome in the global affairs today. But we choose not to because we wanted to always create that enemy, whether real or perceived, to justify whatever policy. So and now we're living with the consequences of it mm -hmm. and having a president pushing us towards some uh, over the cliff here. Uh, you know, this kind of makes you wonder as a citizen, I ain't going to stay quiet. You're going to speak the truth for that matter. I want to ask one final question before I let you sure. go, right? And by the way, stay with me at the end after I, I say bye to our viewers and so forth. Uh, will it be fair to say now, because I look at it this from uh, using the history of World War II moving forward, uh, how Europe used to be? Because to me now, Europe is, is more divided than ever, more weaker than ever. And will it be fair to say now that the Berlin Wall that was in Germany now has moved into Eastern Europe? Will I be fair in this assessment, looking at it that way, how the Russians are thinking now? Well, they've actually uh, referred to situations just like that. Mm -hmm. uh, as you know, after promising Gorbachev, we wouldn't move NATO one inch to the east. Yeah. It doubled in size. It doubled in size in the next few years with all those countries now well more than one inch to the east of the East German border. So the new Iron Curtain is the one that goes uh, on the other side. Well, it divides the Baltics now no, from okay. Russia, and it goes right down Poland and the rest of it. So, But, you know, that's not going to last very long because mm. you have the Slovakia, you have Hungary, you have uh, voices in other parts of the former Eastern Europe saying, mm. this doesn't make any sense. Uh, we thought the U.S. was uh, had our, our good uh, primarily in mind. We thought we needed to be defended against the Russians. And, you know, we really don't because we see this. We see what happened in Ukraine. One last thing that never is brought to mind here, David, is yeah. this factoid, okay? We ran out of the basic ammunition shells, 155 millimeter shells, that I trained with at Fort Benning five decades ago, okay? 155, one, 105 millimeter howitzers and so forth, all right? So, yeah. Now, um, if Russia was a threat to Europe, one would think that one would have produced 155 millimeter yeah. shells for the howitzers. And so one can reason that, you know, Nobody really took Russia seriously as a threat once the Soviet Union imploded, once Gorbachev and once Putin reached out and said, look, let us join NATO. We're, 
So why build one five five million? When you can spend all that money on these high tech things like like air, aircraft, like the F thirty five that costs half a million, half a billion dollars. Let's do that instead. So as a result of that, the inevitable conclusion is the Russians had no idea of attacking Western Europe. They had no idea of attacking Ukraine until they were forced to it. And I can prove that they had no other choice. What was going on there against Russian-speaking people in the Donbass, what the yeah. Nazis were doing in Kiev, uh, the rest of it, uh, Putin went in with limited aims, and that's provable by the amount of forces that he put into them. And then there was immediate, like he reached an agreement, for God's sake, at the end of March, April 2002. So can we reach agreement now? Well, of course we have to reach an agreement now. We have to get rid of this shibboleth, this this uh, this picture of the Russian ogre at trying to pounce on Western Europe, where nothing is further from the truth. This was a defensive action, and it's easily proven to have been a defensive action. And I've been with this problem for for more more decades than I'm prepared to admit. Interesting. I know I did say the last word, but I have one more. Right? I can't let you go without this because, uh, to me, it's it's uh, it's about time uh, that this question has to sort of uh, everybody has to talk about this one. <laughs> and this question is this: Is it over for NATO? Is NATO irrelevant? Given what just took place now, what yeah. the Russians showed the strength vis-a-vis -vis what's taking place in Ukraine, is NATO is irrelevant? David, that's a good question. Um, the reality is that NATO is the United States. True. It used to be more than the United States, but the United States is what's becoming irrelevant. <clears throat> mm. bear, in, bear in mind, there are all kinds of people objected to creating NATO way back in the late 40, 1940s, 49, I think, was created. And they said, you know, if you create NATO, that will be a military alliance, and the Russians are going to they're gonna react really badly. Now, most people don't really know that NATO came first. Only six years later <laughs> did the Russians get so scared that they say, my God, we better create the Warsaw Pact. Okay, so which came first? NATO. What was the idea? To keep the Russians out of Europe, to keep the US in Europe, and keep the Germans down, keep them divided. So, a little footnote here. When I heard that uh, Gorbachev and other people were, were entertaining the idea of a reunited Germany, I mean, my reaction was, <laughs> you know, may, maybe I saw too many war movies when I was a kid, but that you know, NATO was not it was not to let reunite. So now, the U.S. and and people know this suffered maybe four hundred twenty, four hundred forty thousand people dead in World War II. Okay, yeah. that's a lot. That's really sorrowful. Okay, the Russians, the Russians suffered twenty. Six million with an M people dead yeah. in World War II. Now, we have this great ocean between Europe and us, 
So we would save the destruction as well as the people lost. The Russians, not so much. So here's the US going to Gorbachev and Shevardnadze, his uh, foreign secretary, foreign minister, and saying, look, here's the deal. Huh? We, want, we want a reunited Germany. Now, <laughs> they probably went the same way. And so, okay, that's a big quid. That's a tough pill. What are you going to give us? Where's the quo for this quid? And that's where Baker, this smart lawyer from Texas, James yeah. Baker, James. Secretary of State for Bush, he said, well, how, how would it be? Yeah, how, how's this for an idea? Uh, we will promise, cross your heart, hope to die, not to move NATO one inch to the east. How would that be? Well, at that point, the Russians were so much in need of the kind of economic health that we had already given the Poles, okay? And that they, they just needed us, you know, and they trusted us. And last thing I'll say is when I talk to Kuvaldin, what's his name? Victor? No, I forget his name and patronym. His name was Kuvaldin. He was one of, uh, he's in all the photos there of yeah. uh, the, the talks, okay? Uh, the talks when uh, James Baker came. So I asked Mr. Kuvaldi, I was in Moscow about 10 years ago, and I said, why was that, why was that promise not, not written down? And he looked at me and he said, Mr. McGovern, hey, I'll give you the two valid but not satisfactory answers. One is the Warsaw Pact still exists, so you know we can't we had it. And the second one is we need to get explicit German buy-in, and that mm. hadn't been happened yet. But the real reason, Mr. Government, you want to know what the real reason was? I said, yeah. He said, we trusted you. Wow. Now, there's no trust left. There's no communication left. So we have to make sure that our leaders, to the, to the extent we can, proceed more sensibly than they've done in the past. And when they lose in Ukraine, take it on the chin, dress it up as, as, as much as you can, Put as much lipstick on that pig as you can, but don't start. Don't start thinking about mini nukes or other ways yeah. to show how strong you are and how this continent is not big enough for both of us. Very, very, very interesting. Wow, wow. Well, guys, I hope you find the insights from uh, from uh, Mr. McGovern uh, very insightful. I'm sure you will not uh, take my word for it as one been around enough to know how the media can manipulate the the language and so forth you won't hear this anywhere else and we are very grateful uh, to ray for really carving out time for us because i'm sure yes he's retired and so forth, but beside the point he had to enjoy his life and so forth <laughs> but for him to give us this time to sit here and share this knowledge that you will not get anywhere else we are very very grateful thank you so much ray we truly appreciate it Appreciate you, and we look forward to seeing you again. For you guys, most, most make welcome. sure to hit the like button and look forward to seeing you next time. As always, uh, prepare yourself for a changing world order. Till next time. Bye-bye.